The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful once again for Your Word, Your abiding Word that always, uh, always is, always is available to us, always is um, open to us, accessible by Your Spirit, Lord. And so we just pray for that Spirit to open our hearts to Your Word and Your Word to our hearts, uh, that we might know You and love You and, and uh, appreciate all that You have given us uh, and all that You've given us in Yourself. You are truly our rest, and we pray, God, that we might know that gospel rest through your word today. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, and just as a, sort of the way we've been doing this, uh, we have been going through a few sections. So if you look at the um, sections on, the, on, the, on your um, table, you're, we're in the blue section now. We're, we're starting with Son of Man. And uh, what that means, essentially, is we're looking at chapter 12. Uh, in the book of Matthew, so if you're following along, you brought a Bible, or you, uh, we, have all, we, we always print out the passage for you. But, um, so chapter 12 is going to take three weeks. That'll finish us up on, um, uh, let's see, well, I'm not, whatever, whatever it is. We'll have April 3rd, and that will be, uh, Paul, April, April 10th is, is the last day, and that'll be um, Palm Sunday. So we, we will do a meditation on Palm Sunday uh, on Palm Sunday, we'll do a meditation on Palm Sunday. We won't have we won't have a class on Easter, and then I'm kind of thinking about maybe taking a, just a short hiatus. But I'll see what you think about that. Um, maybe just changing up the format a little bit before getting into Matthew 13. But if you're loving it, then we can we can stick with stick with that. Um, so we're taking this new chapter. We finish up two sections: um, the purple section and the yellow section on the on the sheet there. Uh, chapters 8 through 11, and we've been focusing this semester really on Jesus' authority, and, um, and the, we've been looking at the reality of His authority, the extent of His authority, the application of His authority, and the sharing uh, of His authority in, in all sorts of different ways, and it has been, anytime I go through a, a, a book like this, slowly like this, it always uh, amazes me at the continuity. I, I'm able, when, when you go through it quickly, sometimes it seems choppy, but when you take the time to really see the different pieces, um, it really, there, there's always just, I'm amazed at the continuity. And as we begin chapter 12, it really just picks, picks right up because we've been talking about authority. Remember, remember in this section, all the way up to, to chapter 16, where Peter says, I am, uh, Peter says, you are the Christ. Uh, Matthew's building the case that Jesus is the Christ. And so we've seen the Sermon on the Mount, and we've seen the miraculous birth and the, and the baptism. But then we saw his authority, and now, he's, now he uses the title for him, of himself, Son of Man, which is a messianic title. And, and so that's what we've, we've called this, this three-part section, uh, Son of Man. But it is, um, it, it is a, it's just remarkable to see how Matthew is building... Uh, piece by piece, brick, sort of Lego brick by Lego brick, the case uh, for, for Jesus' Messiahship that we might believe. That's the point, that we might believe that He is, is the Christ. So, um, all through chapter 12, we have this talk about Son of Man, but today we have two challenges around the Sabbath. There are two challenges around the Sabbath. Uh, this is the only time in Matthew, that Jesus sort of 
Is it loggerheads with the with the Pharisees over the Sabbath. We get a lot of that in Luke and a lot of that in John, I think, but only in Matthew, these two incidents. Uh, we are. I just want to say what we're not going to do today. We're not going to talk about blue laws. Um, we've gotten sort of uh, bogged down in that in the past. We're not going to lament uh, that. Um, what we're going to do is self-evaluate. So that's, that's what we're going to talk about today when we talk about Sabbath. But I do want to know what you know about the Sabbath. What, what do you know? What do you think about the Sabbath? The day God rested. That is, that it is based on the, on the seventh day, the day God rested. That's right. He created for seven days and then rested. And, and, and therefore, it was a command that the people would follow that same pattern. Right? What else? Sabbath is when you take time for God. Sabbath is a, a the dis, in a disciplinary sense, it's a taking time for God. That that's a good way to say it. Yeah, taking time for God. It was not on Sunday. It was not on Sunday. When was it? Friday night through Saturday. That's right. So there, the Jewish uh, culture understood the day began at sunset, which actually I love because it just starts with rest every day. But on the seventh day. We begin Shabbat, right? That's the Friday night, and um, and then through Saturday at sundown. That's right, because on the seventh day God rested. Why have we moved it to the first day? Resurrection. Resurrection. That's right. That's right. So we've we've moved it. Um, do you practice Sabbath? Now we're getting personal, right? <laughs> now we're getting personal. Well, most people use it as a catch-up day. It's a catch-up day. Not exactly a day of rest. You know, it's a day to mow the grass, a day to do the laundry, which is not exactly restful. Wow. Thank you. Can you see it in my eyes? Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, now I'm ready. Okay. Um... So the the Sabbath, as you probably know, is actually a commandment. I mean, it was that important to God that He made it in the, put it on the first tablet of the law. Uh, First commandment, love the Lord your God, uh, have no other gods before Him, then don't make any graven images. What's next? Well, that's the fourth. Sabbath is fourth. No, that's the. There's another one. I can't think of it either. That's, that's, I'm not testing you. What was that? No. This. This is right. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. That's right. That's right. So that's what it is. So it's it's all about the first tablet of the law is all about honoring the Lord. Well, hmm, why couldn't I take? Why couldn't I remember? Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Um, the. Um, I'm actually pretty good. There's other words that trip me up. It's, it's it's. I'm usually pretty good about that. Pretty good, but um, but yeah. So it's it's you know have no other gods before me, and uh, don't try to replicate me. Don't use my name in, in a way that is empty, and keep the Sabbath holy. Like those, I mean, you. I don't think it, in our culture we would we would put those things together. Um, and we we would we would not hold up sort of having a day to a day off. Uh, as a way to 
honor the personhood of God. But God puts it right there because God rested on the seventh day. And when He gave us the law, gave His people the law through Moses, it was that important. And therefore, it was that important to the the Jewish people. And you can imagine it was that, uh, particularly if there's anybody that's important, the law is important to in the Jewish people, it's the Pharisees. And they uh, wanted the Sabbath to be kept. Now, it's easy to see the Pharisees as sort of sniveling detailists, right? Like, I caught you, you picked grain on the Sabbath. You know, like, that's, uh, and, and it is, I just want to say that, I mean, it might come across that way, but it is not part of our culture, and therefore it's very difficult to understand why they kept the Sabbath and insisted that others keep the Sabbath as well. Um, we know that it's good to have a day of rest. In fact, we like to have two days of rest. But, it, but as we said, it's, not, it's often not rest. You know, it's not actually rest. The Sabbath, I'm going to talk a little bit about Sabbath. Then we'll talk about the two passages together, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Sabbath. But, um, and, and particularly about the authority of God and the Son of Man. But it is, um, the Sabbath is a gift, and it is a gift that goes against human nature, or particularly uh, goes against fallen human nature, where we find our worth and productivity. And it is very difficult then, and we have a whole day to do something, to get something done. It makes us feel better, actually. You know, well, just, I, oh, I, I, I'm relaxed by working. I mean, that's not really true. I mean, that's, um, it is, as Katie said, a day... Uh, not just to rest for yourself, but to actually find your rest in God and to enjoy God. It's a day for, for God. And I think Matthew intentionally puts this, this passage right here next to what we had last week, remember, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is, in a very real sense, the Sabbath. The ultimate and final Sabbath. Freedom is not the absence of boundaries. Freedom is movement within the right boundaries. So, to take a silly example, you wouldn't take a fish out of the water and say, You're free! They are free in their fishiness when they are confined to that boundary. It's there for their good and for their health and for their life. And the law is supposed to be like that for us. It's given to us as a, um, as a freedom, uh, not as oppression. Now, in our fallen nature, we make it oppression. Um, it shows us, and I've talked many, many times, it shows us where we fall short. But that's, I mean, even St. Paul is very clear that this is because we uh, are fallen and in need of a Savior. That in our, in, in our Edenic state, in our Adam and Eve sort of pre-fallen uh, state, that we, the, the law is good. It reflects the character of God. If we live according to the law, we will be incredibly blessed. And so the law, uh, or the Sabbath, is a, is a law because it's like a weekly power dose of um, water. 
for us. 24 hours to swim in the water of the joy of God. And, um, and I'm not very good at taking it. I'll, I don't mind, don't mind telling you. So let's take a look at how Jesus... Oh, a couple more things to say. The Sabbath was so important to the Jews, and particularly to the, the, the Pharisees. Oh, good. Frank's here. The Sabbath was so important that it was essentially one of the, basically the three or four things of national identity. There was their chosenness as a people, the gift of their land. That you can might put those uh, two things together, the promised land. Circumcision as the mark of the covenant. The temple as the place where God dwelled. And the Sabbath, the practice of the Sabbath. Those things uh, set them apart and were made them completely unique from the cultures around them, from the other pagan religions around them. Uh, it was that important. And so, the, the Hebrew scholars came up with 39 categories of work that were to be avoided on the Sabbath. They wanted to leave nothing to chance it was as intended as a help, but it was obviously quite a yoke, a, a, a burden. Um, and in fact, many people still follow uh, a lot of these. That's why uh, you know they they don't push buttons on the Sabbath to cross the street to the to the temple up here on San Jose. Um, so in, I'm told elevators in in New York City just on the Sabbath stop on every floor so that you don't have to touch the button. Um, that is. That would take a long time, but um, that's, that's, that's what it is. They, they wanted to um, cut off any possibility that you might stumble and bring judgment upon yourself because it was a law, and it was um, not just any law. It was the law of God, Mosaic law, number four, and, uh, and very important uh, for the good of the people and for the identity of the nation. And so... This is why they get upset with Jesus. Not because they picked uh, grain, but because they were violating God's gift, or at least they perceived. So the question is, did Jesus have the authority to do so? Um, it would be great if one person would read the first paragraph and one person would read the second paragraph. So I'm not the one doing all the talking. Who would like to read Josh, Josh, the first one, and Connie, the second one. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck the heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him and his companions to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and yet are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. But if you had, to, if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He left that place and entered their synagogue. A man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, 
Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him? He said to them, Suppose one of you has only one sheep, and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath. Will you not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a human being than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and it was restored as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. I mean, that's a pretty, like, he healed a guy's hand, did really good, and they want to destroy him. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty significant reaction. Um, and so, uh, but it, and it's not because they showed him up, or he, he showed them up. Uh, it's because he took authority that they perceived was not his to take. All right, so you're reading the uh, plucking grain on the Sabbath. What, what are your thoughts? What are your questions? They still had to eat, didn't they, on the Sabbath? That's the same as what they're doing when they're walking. They, they're using... They had to eat. So that was... So that couldn't have been the issue, right? So that that's good. That's, that's good. What else? The theory was they were supposed to pluck it on the day before and then eat. I mean, I live in a neighborhood of Orthodox Jews and they cook on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, they cook for Saturday on Friday, and, and so that they're not doing that. That's right. So the issue, so they were, to to, they were specifically prohibited from harvesting. And so to take grain off, I mean, the issue wasn't that they were eating. The issue was that they were taking the grain uh, off off of the off of the um, husk, and then they had to unhusk it. Or I don't remember whatever it's called, thresh it. You know, they had to get the the husk off the kernel in order to eat it. And which it just sounds terrible. Like that sounds really gross. You know, I'd much rather eat bread. But um, but the um, but anyway, that's that's what they were doing. And and the the issue is is not um, the eating. The issue not even that they were walking through the field and the Pharisees were there. So it must have been very close to to the village. You know, it, it was it was not because you could only walk a little over half a mile on the. That's what a Sabbath day's journey was a little over half a half a mile. Um, and that was I think to get to be able to get to synagogue uh, was was the issue there. Uh, if you live further than that away, I I don't really know. I don't know what you're I don't know. Find out for me. Um, um, virtual synagogue. Virtual yeah that's right. They just logged into Zoom. I, I, I duh like you like you do. Um, so <laughs> Uh, so he's, he said, um, uh, they, they're saying, why, why are you, and of course they don't go to the disciples, they go to the master, because the, it was understood that the disciples' behavior was, was the responsibility of the, of the teacher. And he says, have you not read what David did when he was, and his companions were hungry? This is an ep- episode that is recorded in 1 Samuel. He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priest. So, it doesn't, it, I mean, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Uh, I have uh, not, we will not put away one jot, one iota of the law. Remember, remember that when he said that? What in the world is going on here? Because he said, it's almost like he's shrugging and saying, David broke the law, so 
What's the big deal? It got broken once, it can be broken again. Is that what he's doing? I think he's showing them that man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Yes. The Sabbath was made for man. Sabbath was made for man. That's right. That's what that. Uh, that's not what he says here. That's in one of the other gospels. But yes, that's that is much of what is being demonstrated here. Upside down. Right. Well, and, and you can understand because we find freedom in from at least from their perspective that we find freedom in obeying and following the law, and they're not. Why would the priest, Ahimelech, in 1 Samuel, have given David the bread and, and his followers that it was unlawful for them to eat? Probably on the Sabbath. It's not specific. But he certainly entered. He desires mercy, not sacrifice. They were hungry. He desires mercy and not sacrifice. Perhaps would they have given it to just anybody? I think it was David's position. It was that. David's position. Now, he, at this point, he is not yet the king, but he has been anointed as the king. He, the, the, the priest would have seen that God has anointed him as the supreme leader of Israel, and therefore he has the authority as God's anointed to eat this bread as the intermediator between God and his people. And so, for Jesus to recall that story where they would have assumed that David was in the right and had the authority in the right, Jesus saying, if David can do it, then certainly I can do it. And my disciples. Because he doesn't say it exactly like this in Matthew, but something greater than David is here. Which is to say, the Son of Man. The, the great David's greater son, the, uh, the messianic son of David, who would sit on David's throne forever. He, he brings up not just the, the uh, first Samuel, but he brings up the law. Have you not read in the law that the Sabbath priests in the temple break the Sabbath and yet are guiltless? That is to say, they do all sorts of things in offering sacrifice that people are not allowed to to do. They're doing lots of work. They're back and forth in the temple. They're certainly walking over um, uh, half a mile. And, uh, and why are they doing that? To facilitate other people's worship. And so it was determined that that was, that was actually not a violation of the law, even though they're doing work. They're doing it so that other people can rest. That's their particular calling. And, and in, in a real sense, this is a day of rest for, for most of you and and, and I'm working, you know, that's, um, but, and that's, that's okay. I get tomorrow off, but, um, but that's, uh, that's, that's it. I mean, they're not guiltless, they're guiltless. And so what, and interesting, he says, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. You would expect him to say something greater than the priests. But he actually said, what is the temple? How would they, how would they have seen that? How would they have seen the temple? It's where God lives. The temple is the dwelling place of God, the intersection between Almighty God and His people. And Jesus says, 
something, not someone, something is greater than the temple is here. That would have made them apoplectic. Because it was, the temple was the, 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 you know, the national identity. And he says, if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, uh, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Which is to say, you would not have um, worried about basically what Katie was saying, that, that, that they're not following the rules, that rather that you would have been del- delighted that they are receiving nourishment and rest on the Sabbath. Um, but he says, the Son of Man... He stops short of saying, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. But he said, he, we, know, we know he's talking about himself. The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. There's only one Lord of the Sabbath. And that's God. And they would have known that. And so this is what, I mean, this, the, the claims that Jesus is making would have blown their minds, and that is why they're seeking to destroy him. Um, so he leaves that place, goes into the synagogue. It seems like it's the same day, the same Sabbath day. He's just on a roll. And, um, and they, the, those who are in there ask him, presumably to test him, is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath? Now, presumably this man with the withered hand has been like this for years. There's no imminent danger. Uh, he's not going to die if you can wait till the next day. We'll just wait till the next day. In fact, there's an um, uh, incident, and I think it's probably the same incident, uh, in an, but it's recorded in another gospel where they, the ruler of the synagogue is very upset. Where he sa- and he says, wait till tomorrow. There's six days that you can heal. What was the problem with healing? It would have been work too, wouldn't it? But Jesus, oh, he doesn't do anything. He just says, be healed, and it's healed. What's, what's the issue? He's taking the authority. Okay, there's authority. Keep going. It is an act of creation. It's an act of creation or recreation, which is obviously prohibited on the seventh day because that is now. If it, now, if the man was in danger, they would. If he was, you know, a rock fell on his head and he needed, you know, he was going to die, they would not have. It was. It was understood to be acceptable. This is what Jesus says. Suppose one of you has a sheep. You only got only one. It falls into a pit. Like this is your livelihood. It is, they, they actually had uh, rabbinic debates about what to do in that exact scenario. Is it work to pull? Yes, it's where you can't pull the sheep out. But wait a second. If you're going to die because the sheep dies, then, then what? Well, that's a good point. Um, so um, so if, if it is, if by saving the sheep, you're actually saving someone else, or saving your own life. They, I mean, they went through, according to the scholar I'm reading, they, they, they went through and they're like, well, what if we just fed the sheep in the pit and waited until tomorrow to get them out? Like, is, that, you know, is that okay? So they went through all these things, but finally decided it is more important to preserve life than to avoid work. And so, um, and so they reached, in, they, they, if... If it's your only, he says it's your only sheep. What if you only have one sheep and it falls into the pit on the Sabbath? You're going to die if it, if it dies. You're going to pick it out of, the, out of the pit. I mean, better to ask forgiveness than permission, right? That's, that's, you're going to do that. 
how much more valuable. He has the opportunity right now to get this uh, poor man out of the pit. How much more valuable is he than a sheep? And he said, and he, um, he said it is lawful, therefore. You're not violating the Sabbath. This identity of the people, this command of God, this gift so that we may enjoy God, you're not violating it by doing good. So he says, stretch out your hand. He stretched out, and it was restored. And the Pharisees went bananas because of the authority, not because of the act, because of the authority that he was assuming, the posture as God himself, because he's the son of man. Now, so that's what's going on. Uh, that's what's going on here. Um, I've already gotten way past my notes. What... Um, so how, how does that, how do these things impact how you view Sabbath? We know that we're not, we're not bound to the law, but we, in fact, the law, because of the gospel, the law becomes dear to us. We're not doing the law in order to earn God's favor, but it is good to do the law in order to reflect God's personality. So what then do these things teach us about how we are to obey the Sabbath? Or I should say, keep the Sabbath. Certainly go to church every Sunday. Go to church. That's good. I mean, some people have to work. They're watch basketball? Don't watch basketball. Yeah, yeah, you might. Yeah. Well, I mean, but then you're you're watching. They're not resting. You're participating. You're giving. You're helping them not rest. Don't fall asleep in the chair. <laughs> I'm really, I'm hoping to spend my afternoon the same way. Um, So in Christ, go ahead, I'm I'm about to answer, go ahead. No, I was just saying, some people have to work. I mean, pastors and emergency nurses and doctors and firefighters and, you know. And aren't we glad they do? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of along that, you know, I've worked in multiple jobs at work just happened on Sunday because we were a, a business that was open on Sunday. As a Christian, you say we're keeping the Sabbath. What if we go out to eat or go to a retail store on, a, on the Sabbath? And we're basically causing this scenario where there now are people who have to work. Yeah, you're perpetuating that. Perpetuating that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Supporting. I don't know. What do you think? Destination so seems to be a whole lot less Christian than it was to begin with. I was raised. We didn't have Sunday dinner. We had dinner Saturday night because the cooks had Sunday off also. Ah, well. And my aunts did that. They would not even turn on their stove on Sunday. Well, uh, I remember my grocery store. All right, we're not going to Blue Loss. We're not going to Blue Loss. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yes, it is true that the laws used to be sort of shaped by this, but they're not anymore. But that doesn't. The the question is how we are applying it right now. Yes, Wayne. I remember something that Mark writes to me one time. He said, "Yeah, when you get to my age, every day is like Saturday, except Sunday because you go to church." Yeah, <laughs> every day is like Saturday except for Sunday. But I mean, I think today it's a big deal going to church because a lot of people don't. And I mean, I guess not the way I was raised. I mean, it's 
Well, yes. I wish I wish I wish we could get back to the days where everybody felt guilty if they didn't go to church. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll say this. So in Christ, I don't believe that the day is really so paramount. I mean, some people sell real estate. Aren't we glad people sell real estate? They got to sell on Sunday. You know, like uh, there there are um, all sorts of things. And I don't think you know you might decide not to go to brunch because it's on Sunday and you don't want to do that, but you, you might not decide that, and I don't think it's a big deal. I do think it's a big deal uh, for us to take a day of rest, mm-hmm. like a 24-hour period where we're just enjoying the Lord and doing things that provide life for us. We're spending time with friends, we're getting some exercise, we're eating well, we're, um, you know, I, I think that's important, and we can live into the gift that the Sabbath is not, again, not because we have to, but because we get to. I'm not great at that. It's hard with kids, I mean, for sure. We're almost done, but yes? Well, we don't have to wait for Sunday to have Sabbath. We can have make time for Sabbath during the week, even every day, uh, by a walk in creation and really feeling the creation we are in. I think we can have... Building family. Yes. I, let me say, I think we can have a restoration every day. I think Sabbath is a 24-hour period. And I, and I think that... Um, but I think we're not, we're not doing the wrong thing if we want to work towards that and we start by taking six hours or you know, 12 hours or whatever it is. Um, that's, I, I think that inviting Sabbath into our life is actually really healthy but to do it as a gift, not as a law, mm-hmm. um, so that we can enjoy God. I'm going to say, Craig, last comment, that we got to go to church. Yeah, it was just, well, actually, when you were doing your uh, uh, sermon, I was almost ready to raise my hand, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but in this case, too, I think the real uh, focus is, is that before Christ, they kind of did it out of fear of God. And then after Christ, we should focus on doing it for the love of God. Yep, that's, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, for Frank, who's watching online and probably couldn't hear anybody listening on the thing, Craig said, we, 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 before Christ, we follow the law for fear of God, and now we follow the law for the love of God. And that is the gospel message. That is, that is the fruit of the gospel. So, Thanks be to God. Go to church if you hadn't already been. We love you, and we'll see you soon. We'll see you Wednesday night. See you Wednesday night at 545.